Coming up on the WAC Podcast, we have not one, but two guests on today's show. We have the always entertaining Chris Sissel, the head women's soccer coach at Grand Canyon University. The Lopes picked to win the WAC title this year. And we also have Tony Jones, our new assistant commissioner of communications. He is from the American Conference before he was here and also the University of Notre Dame will get to know Tony a little bit here on the show, plus a surprising amount of news that we're going to talk about coming up next on the WAC Podcast. Welcome to the WAC Podcast. Today's episode is presented by Hercules Tires. And now, here are your hosts, Eric Danner and Kendra Sheehan. What's up, listeners, to the WAC podcast? Trying a new open because I don't need to say our names. We have that taken care of. Yeah. yeah, so that's super great. New new podcast, basically. We're rebranding this thing. So we took a, a significant time off during the summer. We brought it back last week. Here we are this week. We're going to be obviously more consistent with it. But we, we did take that break. We recharged our podcast souls. And now we are ready to get cranking we got so much coming up college sports basically underway the fall season is coming up women's soccer kicks off in just seven days seven that's, days. that's a week we had our <laughs> that's a week <laughs> preseason coaches i'm not call ready for it <laughs> came out today we're taping this recording this there's no tape involved <laughs> we're recording this onto a computer uh one week from today grand canyon Picked to win the league. Utah Valley picked number two. Those were the two teams squaring off for the WAC Tournament Championship last year. Stephen F. Austin, number three. And they were a very good team. They won the Southwest Division last year. But we have uh, 12 teams in WAC women's soccer this year with the addition of Southern Utah and also Tarleton adding the, the sport officially this year. So only six teams go to the tournament. So... Only half of the uh, teams in women's soccer are going to be in Seattle at the end of the year. So it's going to be interesting to see how it all shakes out. But a very good conversation coming up with Chris Sissel, who's in Chula Vista, California, with his team as they get ready for opening uh, week of soccer. They get to have Hawaii in uh, Phoenix uh, to start the year. Now imagine if they had traveled to Hawaii. That would be pretty cool. (laughs) I would take Chula Vista, though. That's a pretty nice little area he's got going there. Yeah, that is true. Yeah. Phoenix isn't bad either. I mean, no. especially once we get into the winter months. That's, that's Yeah, I don't know be. about the dead of summer, but. You know, there's there's some rough months. It's a dry heat. You know, but, uh, <laughs> you know, you were you were in the dugout, you know, at in Mesa. Yes. You know, at the end of May. And you had to be careful because if I left my phone, I had a lot in my hands at, at different yeah. points. And uh, I really needed a fanny pack for that baseball <laughs> tournament, remembering that for this year. Got it in the uh, in the folder <laughs> yeah. for, for next year. Yeah, putting it into the WAC budget. Make sure to put that <laughs> as one of the things necessary. Just <laughs> fanny pack. I'm uh, sure uh, that will go over well. But uh, if I left my phone out for even like a minute, say I was going over trying to have a conversation with one of yeah. the athletic trainers, you know, getting some injury updates that would be overheated and done Done. like done wouldn't work and i would have to like frantically go far into the dugout into the corner almost by where like the bathrooms are located so like i mean it was i had to be very careful hence the fanny pack well you were the first (laughs) ever uh sideline reporter in whack history to go into the dugout this is exciting you did so uh coming up next week (laughs) volleyball and men's soccer preseason polls as they'll be starting the week after that WAC football preseason of the WAC football preview show 
uh, aired on Monday on ESPN Plus, starring one Kendra Sheehan from NRG Stadium <laughs> in Houston, where the Battle of the Piney Woods will be played on October 1st. And as you see in the show, Casey Keeler talking about, could be the final Battle of the Piney Woods, which would mean the most important ever. Yeah, and right now Sam Houston, I believe, has won the last 10 straight Battle of the Piney Woods. And so they said, well, that 10 doesn't mean anything if we can't win the last one, right? The one who <laughs> wins the last one gets to keep the trophy. That's true. So, And I do think that both head coaches do value the importance of that rivalry, and maybe that's a non-con correct. game that yeah. we'll see eventually. Yeah. But you never know. And so you wonder, it might not be at Energy Stadium right. as well, but uh Definitely, there's a lot of interest in it, especially when they're in the same conference. But th- that was, uh, and it, so if you have a chance to watch it, go to ESPN Plus, uh, search for WAC Football Preview Show, and and a lot of good information there. We got to see some of the fun stuff at the end with the juggling. Oh yes, stick around the, to the end. It uh, is hilarious. And the drawing of the pictures and those <laughs> but you have to watch the whole thing. To you do. <laughs> you know that's why we, that's why we put it at the end. Yeah, that's, that's by design there. So clever. Uh, Kendra did a great job <laughs> on that. Uh, football week zero, August twenty seventh, only sixteen days away, and. Looks like, Kendra, this, uh, we're, I'm knocking on wood, looks like you're going to be in Montgomery, Alabama for that game. Yeah, I booked my flight last night. I booked the hotel and the rental car this morning. So uh, now just all I need is the credential, which I guess some would say would be the most important part. But um, in all seriousness, so that's going to be very exciting. SFA taking on Jacksonville State. SFA was recently ranked in the top 10 in uh, top 25 FCS poll for uh, the season. And Jacksonville State also transitioning to FBS, but they were a very solid team, top 25 team, essentially. And so it should be a really good matchup. I think head coach Colby Carhill says this is kind of going to set the tone for the season. Obviously, they're taking things week by week, but this is certainly a big matchup that could really uh, turn the heads for the uh, NCAA committee come the end of the year because of how well Jacksonville State has typically done in the past. And this is a rematch from last year, and I believe, looking at it, uh, Kendra, that Jacksonville State beat Stephen F. Austin last year, one of their four losses, which were only by a combined 18 points. So Stephen F. Uh, could, could do a little bit of a redemption tour if things break right for them this upcoming season. We also had Southern Utah Football Day, if you will. Yes. Uh, where we uh, had a, we, we uh, did a photo dump um, mm-hmm. of all of the pictures for Media Day. Also, you did a story feature uh, on the upcoming season. And uh, Tony Jones, who we'll hear from later in the show, putting something on the website as well, uh, previewing Southern Utah. So we're going to do that for each of the WAC schools uh, coming up for football and Uh, Coming up next on Monday will be Utah Tech, and then on Tuesday, Tarleton. And you have a chance to talk with some of the student-athletes because we're also including a WAC All Access in those days. Yeah, so you guys might have remembered us talking about WAC All Access. It's uh, It also was on a brief uh, hiatus for a moment, just like the podcast, <laughs> as we are recharging for the season. But it's on Instagram. It's our Instagram Live, and so I join, I'm join. i joined with one student-athlete, and on Southern Utah Football Day, I had the pleasure of speaking with two student-athletes. Yes. We had Surprise Lyle. Guest. I know. It was, it was supposed to be just Lyle Santos, and next thing you know, 
who's sitting next to him? It's Zach Strand. Zach Strand, we met at Football Media Day, and, and he's an incredible guy, and he's got an incredible story. He's He uh, played under head coach Delane Fitzgerald when he was at Frostburg State. He's a guy that's played Division three football, Division two football, and now this year Division one football. And then Lyle Santos is their offensive lineman. He is the only offensive lineman of that unit that started all 11 games last season. So he's kind of their veteran presence. So it's pretty cool to talk to both of them. They're getting ready for the season. A lot of new new players, new coaching staff, new system to learn, but but they're ready to go. So definitely check that out. That's on our Instagram page, and it's under our Whack All Access series. So Southern Utah, by the way, did have a player drafted they in the did. NFL uh, offensive Bra- line. Yes, Braxton yep. Jones. He was drafted in the fifth round by the one, the only Chicago Bears, Bear Down. Um, and, and from all reports bear that down. I'm – Bear Down. I thought that was Arizona's thing. Arizona says bear down. Okay, the bears have claimed bear and the emoji bear and the arrow down for as long as I've lived. 26 (laughs) years. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) We'll have to uh, dig into that. Yeah, let's – I mean – See who's the original bear down. I mean – Because Arizona's the wildcat, so it has nothing to do with bears either. Right. But that's always been their thing is bear down. Well, we're not – I do not claim that energy at all. It is the bear down, (laughs) bear bear down bears. But all things coming out of that camp report that uh, Braxton Jones is doing really well and very competitive for uh, a starting spot. Wow. Well, that would be uh, certainly something – you know, that uh, Southern Utah can point to if they have a guy starting as a rookie for the Chicago Bears. Yeah. also wanted to, to give a quick shout-out. UTRGV, we've said a, talked a little bit about this on the podcast, but starting football in 2025 is the plan. So we look forward to having them in the whack as a football member as, as we move ahead and, you know, look forward to becoming, you know, one of the better FCS conferences in the nation. Absolutely excited for UTRGV to get football at their school 2025. But they're also doing this really awesome thing, and they're they're in part of the renovations with the UTRGV Fieldhouse that are dedicating they're dedicating a portion of it called the Lou Hill Memorial Plaza. And if you all remember, Lou Hill was the head coach at UTRGV for their men's basketball program for five seasons. He he finished with a 20-win season, 2018-2019. He saw the Vaqueros win an NCAA Division One postseason game for the first time. And uh, so it's really nice for UTRGV to to dedicate this in, in his honor because that was something that really kind of shook, shook the university. And it's also uh, Lon Kruger who coached at UTRGV uh, many years ago, and Lou Hill was his longtime assistant at uh, Oklahoma and some other stops along the way, also a, a part of that. But, yeah, it, it, still, it still hurts uh, when you see that. Lou Hill is, you know, it, it kind of it, – it's great that they're uh, paying tribute to him, but, uh, you know, then you're sad that, you know, he passed away unexpectedly just a few years ago at a very young age. And we had him on the uh, Road to Whack Vegas just a few days before he passed away, he had coached the night before, told the team he was going to step away uh, for health issues, and then passed away the next night. So very tragic circumstances, but great job by UTRGV honoring his memory. And I know Jonah Goldberg and many of the people there are, are a big part of that as well. 
Yeah, certainly. I remember that was a big thing when I had first joined the WAC, just hearing this story and, and these players and how they, they continued the season, correct? They and, did. And, I mean, just can't really imagine what that is like for, for those guys. And I know the, the relationship that those players develop with those coaches. And so to have that happen in that manner was just was just startling. And so, you know, it's it's a nice tribute, but it's still tough when you, when you think about it. It is. And uh, basketball, speaking of it, uh, we had our matrix come out a, a week or two ago here and a lot of interest in some of the matchups that will be happening in Woo. the uh, basketball season this year. And uh, hopefully we're, we're planning on having our schedule drop coming up here in the next uh, few weeks or so. Yeah, and do we don't even know when, so it's going to be crazy. You it guys is. all have to be on the tip top <laughs> of your toes because you never know. We're just going to drop it. Boom. <laughs> and there it is. And there it um, is. But, yeah, a lot of interest this year. And, of course, with the the rating system that we're going to use, the, the Ken Palm rating system. The WAC resume seating system. WAC resume seating system that will be used to determine the seating for the WAC basketball tournament this year. And we got the two locations again. We're going to be at Mandalay Bay. And we're also going to be at the Orleans for those uh, tournaments. Twelve teams it's gonna be this a big year. Tournament. It's going to be a big tournament. And a lot of excitement around it. And, Tarleton and Utah Tech will both be eligible for the tournament. CBU, as we mentioned earlier in the show, they are actually uh, full-fledged Division One now as the transition period is now over for the Lancers. They can go to the NCAA tournament in any sport, which, uh, you know, it's one of those things I know our commissioner, Brian Thornton, has championed, you know, having that uh, four-year period chopped down, especially given the current climate of the NCAA and NIL and all these different things, but uh, they haven't quite done that yet. But CBU not having to worry about it anymore. They are full-fledged D1 now. Yes, they completed their four-year transition period. And, of course, you know Tarleton and, and Utah Tech, they are in their third year. But with the way that Commissioner Thornton feels, they will be eligible for our WAC championships. But right. that hasn't obviously taken effect at a national stage. So they still won't be eligible for those postseasons. But very exciting. Congratulations. Welcome to Officially D1, <laughs> I guess, California Baptist. So. And this uh, one of the things as we're getting ready for basketball you know, the uh, you look at uh, the fall sports, everybody's, of course, practicing and underway before, you know, it, basketball be underway as well. But a lot of the teams are taking advantage of this time before school starts and taking some of these international trips that they can uh, from time to time. I forget what the I think it's every three years, every four years, you're allowed to take an international trip as a team and uh See uh, Adam Young, our good friend. I got to say, I'm a little podcast. jealous of Adam Young out yeah. there. He's Hanging in, the in the Bahamas. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, he's working on his tan out there, looking good. He did He did a video that was so, <laughs> so funny where he was walking on the beach. It was just him and head coach Greg Heyer just going. They were just walking. He was chopping it up. I think both dudes were shirtless, and they were just going. And I was like, I mean, this is the content people are looking for. But like, <laughs> I'm like, man, Adam, that's got to be. I mean, be- <laughs> I, I, I guess I better go check that out, like and retweet. <laughs> Maybe quote tweet. A little quote tweet, a retweet, and a like, and a comment. And then I also saw Utah Valley. Of course, several other schools might be on trips, but this one uh, uh, jumped out at me. They're in Amsterdam right now, the Utah Valley women's basketball I know. Team. What? Yeah, let's let's. Where see. was that? I could have put that on my... Uh, <laughs> the WAC road trip? Yes, the WAC road trip that is coming to a campus near you shortly. <laughs> yeah, Amsterdam, that would have blown the budget, I think. I mean, I don't know if we... 
You know, there are ways that people open cards, they get points. I haven't figured it out yet, but, you know, there could have been a way we could figure it out. You know, <laughs> I was watching Dave Ramsey, you know, the financial guy. Oh, yeah. Okay. And he said, nobody's ever gotten rich saying that, you know how I got rich? By having a lot of points on my credit card. <laughs> okay. Did he actually say that? <laughs> he did. Something to that effect. Well, then what am I doing here? <laughs> we go to championships and I want to put all my cards so I get the points. <laughs> Um, okay, well, coming up next, <laughs> we're going to have Chris Sissel. We're going to keep the fun times rolling. Keep the fun times rolling. Uh, as we talk to Chris Sissel in Chula Vista, California. Speaking of great places to go visit, uh, his uh, GCU Lopes are out there getting ready for the season to start. That's coming up next on the WAC Podcast. Hercules Tires is the official tire of the Western Athletic Conference. And for more than 65 years, has been providing tires with unbeatable quality at an unmatched value. Whatever the vehicle and whatever the terrain, Hercules Tires invites you to ride on our strength. For a retailer near you, visit HerculesTires.com. Welcome back to the WAC Podcast. Eric Danner and Kendra Sheehan now joined by the one and only Chris Sissel, the women's soccer coach at Grain Canyon University. Coach, I know... Season gets started next week. You guys are already on the road, though. Tell us, tell us what's happening. Yeah, this is exciting. We, uh, like I said, we start a week from today, but we have been here in uh, Chula Vista, California, at the Olympic Training Center um, since Sunday. So we played an exhibition match in Phoenix on Saturday night. Got up early Sunday morning and took the entire soccer family to the San Diego Wave versus Kansas City Current NWSL match on. Uh, Sunday afternoon to watch our uh, watch our GCU family member Marlene Shimmer play for the San Diego Wave, and then we've been here doing uh, doing two a days, two a days here. Uh, got another training session coming up after after our talk. Um, although yesterday we were really really nice as a coaching staff, and we uh, we took them to uh, Mission Beach and gave them three hours on the beach yesterday. So the the players were pretty happy with us when we did that. Wow. Wow, three want, hours on the beach. I want to play for GCU. <laughs> I know, exactly. Three. It's all fun and games over there. I mean, you do win some games as well, and you guys were picked to uh, win the conference. But I wanted to go back to what you had just mentioned with Marlene Shimmer. She was a draft pick for the NWSL last season. She was ninth overall. And uh, what was it like to be able to watch her play and have you know, some of your teammates there watching as well in order to see, like, hey, this is this is where you could be if you put in the work like Marlene Shimmer did. Yeah, that was super fun. I'm super proud of Marlene, super proud of Shibby and everything that she accomplished in her two years here in our soccer family. And it's been really fun to to watch her and support her as a professional now. And I think it's really, uh, to be honest, I think it's just really helped our program, kind of helped put our program on the map uh, on a national perspective that we were the kind of program that had a player drafted, you know, like you said, ninth overall and in the first round. And then and Shimmy's had some some good success at the NWSL level. Uh, my wife and I went to a match not too long ago in San Diego and, and Jimmy got to play all 90 minutes and had the, uh, had the game winning assist at the match that we were at. Um, so the San Diego Wave coaching staff has been joking that I need to come to every game. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I volunteer if, if you can't make it, uh, if we can go to San Diego for, yeah. for all these games. Coach, uh, the preseason coaches poll came out today. Grand Canyon picked to win. Of course, you went to the tournament for the first time, NCAA tournament, I should say, for the first time last year. A lot of good players coming back. As you mentioned, Marlene Shimmer has moved on, but uh, Gianna Gorley 
is named our preseason offensive player of the year. And I believe he had five players on the preseason all-conference team. So you got to feel pretty good. I mean, it's August. We haven't played any uh, official games yet, but you got to feel pretty good about how your team's situated heading into uh, 2022 here. No, we feel really good. And we were we were really honored and really humbled by uh, all the coaches in the WAC. So I appreciate all the coaches in the WAC putting all that pressure on us to uh, <laughs> be the preseason uh, favorites and number one. And five, five players making the uh, preseason all-WAC team is uh, was really humbling. And we talked about that as a soccer family today and, and kind of how we handle that. But I felt like uh, all five of our players are really deserving. Uh, of that honor and that recognition and uh, really, really happy and proud for G, for Gianna Gorley to be named the preseason uh, offensive player of the year. She had a phenomenal season for us last year, scoring 10 goals, was actually second in the WAC and scoring, uh, you know, behind Shimmy. Um, so I felt like she was very deserving of that honor. And we've got some really good, you know, new players. We've got some transfers coming in. We've got, uh, you know, some freshmen coming in and we had some players on the team last year that uh, that weren't able to play with us yet. So it's a, it's a, it's kind of an interesting season for us because it's a lot of new players, uh, but we still feel really good, feel really confident, really happy about our soccer family and, and where we're at right now. You mentioned the newcomers coming in. You also added Casey Tate as an assistant coach in July. He's got some local ties to the Phoenix area. How is he gelling with the team in addition to having all these uh, new roster additions? Yeah, no, Casey's great. We're super happy to have him in our soccer family. Like uh, Coach Ben Parman has been here with me uh, at GCU since I got here. It was actually at GCU even before I got here. And I think uh, between myself, uh, Ben Parman, and Casey Tate, and our athletic performance coach, Clark Kerfman, uh, we've got a new athletic trainer, Lauren Frost. Like the staff is really gelling well and really working well together. We're still trying to figure out each other's strengths and, and what each other needs help at. Um, I think Casey's still kind of getting used to how weird the one-armed head coach is. Um, but at the same time, I feel like uh, we're having a lot of fun and working well together. And I, I think the girls are really enjoying uh, the training sessions that we're putting together for them right now. Coach, just so people are aware uh, that this might be the first time they've seen you or heard, heard from you, you, you do mentioned uh, one arm and and that that's and you uh you embrace it and uh have some fun with it yeah oh no no like uh, there's uh there's one arm jokes pretty much at every training session and uh <laughs> i'm always looking for new one arm jokes so eric if you know any i would appreciate it but no i mean that's just who i am uh you know i'm 50 years old now um i was born with with one arm and uh that's just kind of who i am and i embrace it and I, I love it that's the way god made me and so that's just the that's who i am and that's that's who i who i want to be and and um i'm i'm kind of proud of the fact that i'm kind of known as the uh the one arm soccer guy <laughs> Well, we love your story. We love that you embrace it. And you have made a pretty challenging non-conference schedule for this team this year. You've got a pair of NCAA tournament teams coming to GCU. You open August 18th against Hawaii. How do you feel like this slate will prepare you for another run at the WAC tournament championship title? Yeah, no, I think that's what we really wanted to do. Um, to be honest with you, we really wanted to challenge our soccer family in, in the non-conference schedule as well to try to get us prepared for how tough the WAC is and all the great teams in the WAC and and, and the travel. And I think so we've uh, we've got some really good games uh, for in the non-conference schedule that I think our fans are going to be really excited about the soccer family and their their parents and 
friends. And I think just the whole Phoenix soccer community is going to be excited about. Um, we even have another game that we will be hopefully uh, announcing here soon on uh, sub Sunday, September 11th. We have another game that we've been added to the uh, it has, we're just waiting for the contract to come back, to be honest, but we've got it all set and ready to go. And we will be uh, announcing hopefully maybe even later today, uh, a Sunday, September 11th game against a team that's currently ranked uh, in the top 10 in the nation. So a really, really tough challenge for our soccer family, but an awesome opportunity for us to play against such a great team and such a great program uh, at home. Um, so we're going to have some really, really tough games, you know, including the University of Arizona, an in-state rival, a Pac-12 school that we'll be hosting on September 1st. And, uh, and hopefully, like I said, announcing soon, hosting a team that's currently ranked uh, eighth in the nation. Um, from the Breaking SEC. news here. So hopefully, hopefully that'll be announced uh, announced soon, and that'll be a really exciting, a really exciting addition to our schedule and to our non-conference schedule and, and to our home slate too, to allow all of our fans and all of our uh, soccer family and for the Havocs to really come out and see uh, see some great soccer matches this fall. Well, and I know, Coach, that's always been an approach to play some really good teams in the non-conference to get you ready for the conference looking ahead to conference of course it's a, a little ways away but again you're a pick to win the the league this year um the conference tournament going to be back up in seattle uh, a place uh, you know pretty well i guess going back let's let, let's go back to to abilene last year when you guys win the tournament there was a, a pretty big monkey on your back in terms of winning that that tournament what was that feeling like for you and and to have that opportunity to go to the NCAAs and, and then building on that this off season. Yeah. I appreciate you bringing that up, Eric, but yeah, no, <laughs> um, I've, I've lost four WAC conference championship matches, four WAC tournament conference championship matches uh, in my career. So that was my fifth championship game. And uh, so it was really awesome feeling and awesome opportunity to actually finally get, you know, like I said, get the monkey off the back and actually get, NCAA national tournament. So I was, uh, I was really happy and really happy for our soccer family here at GCU and just proud to kind of get that uh, off my back or that stress and pressure. I, I actually felt best for my, uh, for my wife and my kids so that they didn't have to put up with me if I, if I had lost another championship game. So, but uh, you know, I, I, uh, it was, it was a great season for us and, you know, that was a lot of fun and now we're just kind of focused on kind of putting that behind us, kind of learning from that experience and trying to uh, trying to figure out how to do it again, because it's so difficult to repeat. It's so difficult to repeat as a uh, as a champion, as a, you know, as a regular season champion, as a conference tournament champion and get back to nationals. And we know that the other 11 teams in the WAC are, are gunning for us and and that we've got a huge target on our back and our huge bullseye. And we know everybody really wants to knock us off our perch. So we're going to have to be uh, you know, we're almost we're going to have to be really, really, really good um, and work really hard to repeat uh, the success that we had last year, because we know and understand that we're going to get everyone's best shot this year. Now, I've been uh, being a detective while you were speaking, <laughs> not that it's all that difficult, but could we could we be seeing you playing Arkansas? Well, I, 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 I guess once. Yeah. Man, you're, you're yeah, I hope so. I mean, it's, it's pretty much. <laughs> It's pretty much everything's ready to go except for the contract hasn't been signed, but that would be an amazing opportunity for us to play the, uh, I mean, Arkansas is the SEC champions, uh, went all the way to the elite eight of the NCAA tournament last year, uh, lost it 
they kicks to the Elite Eight. It's how close they were to making it to the College Cup to the Final Four. Uh, we hope we hope to be announcing that game officially soon. And like I said, that would be just an amazing opportunity for our soccer family to uh, to have a home match and to compete uh, against probably one of the teams, to be honest with you guys, probably one of the teams that's uh, going to be favored to win the national championship this year. Well, Coach, you mentioned you're in Chula Vista right now. Um, I, I, I know in Phoenix this time of year can be pretty, pretty hot, but I, as I understand, there's been quite a bit of rain, I guess, in, uh, in, at least in Tucson. My, my parents live in Tucson, so I, I talk to them all the time. They said they're getting a lot of rain this year. But was, was part of the idea just to, the week before the season starts, maybe a little less heat, a uh, little, little better weather, and a, a chance to really come together as a team right before the season gets going? Yeah, that's exactly right, Eric. I mean, we, we kind of need to get out of the Phoenix heat. It's hard to do two-a-days while you're in Phoenix um, at this time of year, um, even though our stadium is beautiful and delicious, as I say. We've been training at night and the evenings after the sun goes down, and it's uh, not not that bad. But a lot of this, to be honest, a lot of this experience is just is uh, nice that GCU allows us to have the resources. This is This is all about team culture. You know, this trip is about team unity, team chemistry, and building our culture with a new team, a bunch of new players. Uh, I think it's like 16 new additions from last year's team uh, between freshmen and transfers. So this is about just trying to work together and, and figure each other out and, and build our culture and, and be able to spend time here, um, you know, having a practice in the morning, go, going to breakfast, lunch, and dinner together, practice in the morning, practice in the afternoon, team unity, team chemistry events, in the evening, you know, going to the beach. Uh, we had a Zoom call this morning with two current professional players from Sporting Kansas City, um, which was a lot of fun and a good opportunity for us to learn from them and had a good discussion with two of their um, star players and starters and two guys that actually represent their national team. So we've, it's really been a good week. It's been a lot of fun and, and we culminated uh, with a preseason match on Saturday morning, Saturday morning at 10 a.m. We'll be playing UCSD, University of California, San Diego in a preseason match uh, before we head back to Phoenix, uh, you know, that afternoon. And then we get ready for the regular season to start at home where we host uh, uh, Hawaii on Thursday, the 18th and South Dakota State University on Sunday. Uh, two really good teams, two really good sides that we really need to get uh, get ready for. Like, I, I think it's kind of amazing that here we are. We're, we, we know we play for real. Uh, one week from today. It's amazing how fast that, that comes about, but you guys are, oh, you're spending breakfast, lunch, dinner, all this time. Anyone getting sick of each other yet? Anyone be like, Sissel, come on, I'm, coach, I'm sure, leave I'm us sure alone. Getting, yeah, I'm sure they're, I'm sure they're kind of getting tired of me and getting tired of my, uh, my personality and my high energy, but we're, we're having lots of fun. We've had some really fun team unity, team chemistry events, and I think we're getting to know each other. Um, you know, as, as people, as holistic people and not just as soccer players. And um, so some of the, some of the things that we've been able to do, I think really helps with our culture. We, that's, that's the thing that's the most important to us is our soccer family and our family, family atmosphere and our team first mentality. And uh, we've been very, very fortunate, you know, knock on wood, but we've been very fortunate that all the girls have bought in, um, you know, and all the new players have bought into our culture and everything that we're trying to build here. Well, coach, we, we want to thank you for taking some time out. Uh, I would ask you about where's the soccer rocker, but uh, that's probably a whole nother podcast. I'm thinking. No, I, I can tell you real quick, Eric. Okay. Here's the deal with the soccer rocker. I would love, I would absolutely love to bring back the soccer rocker. 
but it's just it's just kind of a little bit hot in Phoenix. And like I said earlier, I just turned 50 not too long ago. Can and you I- break down the soccer rocker for those who don't know? All you have to do, if you if people don't know what the soccer rocker is, pretty much just look up soccer in the 80s and 90s. <laughs> and every soccer player had the mullet. You can look up like the 1990 or 1994 World Cup teams. And if back back in our day, if you didn't have a soccer mullet, if you didn't have the soccer rocker, you weren't cool. You weren't a real soccer player. So I, I was rocking it big time. And as Eric knows, I was trying to bring it back even recently. Uh, but once I moved from Kansas City to Phoenix, I thought maybe it was a little bit too hot for the soccer rocker. And then my wife had even said, now that you're 50 years old, you might need to get a big boy haircut. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> well, it, it seems to work. So so you, did, you had the clean cut. You, you win the championship last well, year. I haven't shaved. I, if, if you would have told me a little earlier about this, I probably would have shaved for you, Eric. But I'm, I'm, I'm in preseason <laughs> mode. I'm doing two days. I'm not sleeping that much. I'm, I would have, uh, I would have cleaned up. I would have, I would have showered, shaved, maybe even combed my hair a little bit. But you know, this this podcast kind of came came quick, and so hopefully, hopefully it looks, uh, hopefully it looks okay. Well, we didn't want to give you too much advance notice because we're like, hey, GCU's picked to win. We didn't want you to know that, you know, ahead of time. So yeah, yeah, Keep no, I appreciate that. Like that Arkansas game, keep it secret. Yeah. Yeah, keep that Arkansas game secret. We don't want anybody to know about that yet. (laughs) Except it's now out there. (laughs) All right, that is Chris Sissel. Next up, we're going to talk to Tony Jones, our new Assistant Commissioner of Communications. You're listening to the WAC Podcast. We would like to thank our partners, Hercules Tires, Ticket Smarter, and Adidas. Now, back to the WAC Podcast. Welcome back to the WAC Podcast. Eric Danner, Kendra Sheehan, as promised, Joined by Tony Jones, our new assistant commissioner for communications. Tony, uh, you've been in the league, I guess, for a few weeks, but officially from the WAC podcast. Welcome to the WAC. Uh, let's get a little background on one Tony Jones yeah. coming to us from the American and prior to that Notre Dame. Tell us tell us kind of your, your journey to the Western Athletic Conference here. A little bit nervous. It's been a couple years for me here. I, I used to do some podcasts, as you said, back at Notre Dame a few years ago, a few coaches shows for softball and men's soccer. So apologies if I'm a bit out of practice. It has been some time. But... I love the microphone, Tony. I yeah. Say that. <laughs> Tra- trying fantastic. to try. Yeah. Trying to do my best to, to bring some some quality with me here hopping on. But just to try to give the, the quick Cliff Notes version originally from the Western New York area, Jamestown, New York. St. Bonaventure University, class of 2011. So had been clustered in that area most of my early life. First internship out of school was at the University of Louisiana Monroe, which as you could tell is nowhere near New York. Uh, That was quite a drive to Louisiana, but an awesome experience there. That led to Notre Dame, which was a seven year journey for me as an intern and then full-time assistant director. Learned so much there, met a lot of great people, still talk with a lot of those folks to this day used connections from there. My boss at Notre Dame actually then hired me at the American where I was the past three years as an assistant director, worked with about, I think I figured it out, 14 sports if you took uh, both genders into account over the last few years. And again, that was invaluable to help me kind of brush up on the conference end of things. And that's brought me here to the WAC where, again, it's all about connections, meeting Commissioner Thornton, and his right-hand senior associate commissioner, Patrick Colbert at the American, meeting Kyle Grooms, the associate commissioner of football while he was at Tulsa. 
it, it was a lot of connections there that led me here on this journey to the WAC. And I'm really excited to be here and excited to join you guys today. Well, we're certainly excited to have you here at the WAC with us. What kind of drew you to this position coming from the American, you're coming from another conference, moving over to the Western Athletic Conference? Sure. Again, the conference's name is synonymous with success in collegiate athletics. 60 years, the 60 year anniversary just hit here last month. Longstanding, uh, it, it's really kind of crazy to think that jumping in in the middle of this move, I was with the American after many, many years in Providence, Rhode Island, the original Big East, decided to move down to the Dallas, Texas area and be more central to its membership and sort of reestablish a new identity. And that's kind of exactly what the WAC is looking for here, making that move to North Texas, establishing a new identity. And that was really appealing to me to have already been through it recently. It seems kind of like deja vu. I got to be honest. It's like, <laughs> hey, didn't we just do this? This is crazy. But also, as I said, my, my background with Commissioner Thornton, knowing how he feels about certain issues, knowing how passionate he is about the student athlete as a former standout student athlete and coach himself. And now as an athletics administrator, it was kind of too good to pass up. It's, as I said, it was a great experience working with him when he was the commissioner of basketball at the American. And I really like the direction he has this conference headed in. And, you know, in, in conversations with him, it, it just kind of became a layup to me of, hey, this is really, there's going to be something going on here very soon. And it was very exciting to be a part of that. Well, you mentioned uh, you're you're in the Dallas-Fort Worth uh, Metroplex there. And I, I think no uh, secrets here in terms of that we're going to be moving to Arlington in the very near future here uh, with the conference office. I'm you sure just we'll... let the secret out. Well, we've talked about <laughs> it on the podcast like four times, I think. Uh, I've heard it's kind of a mystery. Yeah, that's, it seems like it's it's catching some people off guard. I've heard it's still kind of a guarded secret. So that's, uh, <laughs> yeah, we apologize. Like I say we apologize if we just drop that on folks. Well, we're 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 breaking news left and right here yeah. on the podcast. Started with Coach Chris Sissel for Grand Canyon. Yeah, that they might be adding a game September 11th against eighth-ranked Arkansas. Yeah, that's Very that's exciting. news to nobody but us and our wonderful listeners here on the WAC podcast. <laughs> but in terms of moving to Arlington, uh, moving with, with six schools, I, I think are about half the conference right now in the state of Texas and. The proximity that we're going to have, uh, UT Arlington will be just down the road from where we're going to be, Tarleton, about an hour and a half away, Abilene Christian, Stephen F. Austin. Yep. Just having that uh, that kind of proximity for us here that that are moving from Denver, where we didn't really have proximity to a whole <laughs> lot uh, without hopping on a plane. That's, uh, that's a big part of, uh, I, I think, what has us excited about moving to the area. And I got to imagine what has you excited uh, as being part of the WAC as well. That was another big driving force. And to be honest, is is pretty unique to me. I, the The Americans move was fostered out of the Northeast because quite honestly, there was no Northeastern members left after kind of that original group from the Big East went off and, and did their own things and, and made their moves. So to get down here to Texas, as I said, was more centrally located, but outside of SMU, there really was, was nobody else who was was kind of in that immediate footprint. And you look at UT Arlington just joining the league, the handful of other Texas schools that really stood out about this opportunity. You're going to have that chance to sort of be not next door neighbors necessarily, but fairly close to a lot of the membership and, and just in a much more centrally located area. And I just checked off two full years down here in the North Texas area and have really enjoyed the DFW Metroplex. And I'm excited to get the conference here. I think 
you know, I feel that way. I know the membership is excited about the move. UTA just coming into the league, I know is very excited about it to sort of be based around where, where the uh, base of operations for the conference will be. So it's, it's, you know, it's going to be a interesting process as it's going to be during the year. Obviously, we'll have the fall sports kicked off and be doing our normal work, but it'll be nice to kind of get everybody from the office back under one roof and, and be rolling along toward the winter spring overlap. Yeah, it's going to be a weird time as we start fall sports with people moving at various times and getting into the office. Definitely, definitely a strange vibe, but you know, you're, you're jumping right in. We have women's soccer kicking off August 18th, week zero, August 27th, right around the corner. And you're just diving in. You're learning the website. You're learning the schools. You're learning all the history. What has that been like for you? I mean, it's, it's, you're, you're taking on a lot very quickly and the busiest season is is about to uh, to happen right here. It's a lot of repetition of remember who the members of this conference are. Remember what the name of the conference is. Remember what season you're talking about, what sport you're dealing with. <laughs> That's probably the biggest struggle at this time of the year, trying to get caught up on some things and make updates. It's just making sure you're in that right mindset of, yeah, I'm working on women's soccer. I'm working on football. I'm working on volleyball, whatever it happens to be. Because it can be easy as you're you're jumping back and forth, and that's what folks in my industry are exposed to on a daily basis. You're sort of jumping around. You need to multitask. You can have knowledge of about 30 different things, and if you're the expert at maybe one or two, you've done a really good job. So that's kind of my main focus here is, is making sure we get up to date on things that need to be up to date and be ready to roll. As we said, there's events starting here very, very quickly in the next few weeks. And big events, I mean, huge football game to kick off week zero, lots of great non-conference soccer matches and you know, that that scoop from Grand Canyon, that's a huge <laughs> match to add here within the first couple of weeks in early September. So looking very strong coming out of the gate with these fall sports for certain. And we announced today the uh, women's soccer preseason poll. Of course, you were able to uh, participate in our WAC football media day back in uh, July and Stephen F. Austin, the unanimous pick to win the league this year, ranked number 10 in the country. Uh, we just had Chris Sissel on, Grand Canyon, defending champs, and a very strong team coming back, five players on the preseason all-conference team. And next week, we'll have men's soccer and volleyball preseason polls coming out as well. So it's a, uh, as, as Kendra mentioned, a busy time of the year, but we kind of get ready for this all summer. This is kind of, this is, yeah. this is what we do, but uh, it seems like, and, and you've been around this for, for a hot minute, Seems like it gets earlier every year. Am I right? I swear baseball tournaments for everybody just ended six, <laughs> seven, maybe 10 days ago. Until somebody can prove me wrong on that, I'm sticking with that. That's my story. Baseball tournaments just ended. You know, the WAC obviously was out west in Mesa. I was with the American down in, in the Clearwater, Tampa area. And it was kind of that watershed moment of, okay, outside of some NCAA track, maybe some world championships track and other things tracking on folks in major league baseball and professional softball, ba basketball leagues all over the place. It, that's about it. You have some time to catch your breath and make that move to, to get a jump on the next year. And unfortunately for me, changing conferences sort of in the middle of that threw that right out the window. That was okay. It we're right into the next year ASAP. And next thing I knew it was August 
you know, middle of August already. And it's crazy to think that the calendar, like I said, until I see verified proof, I don't believe it. It's still made to me. So it's, <laughs> it gets earlier and earlier every year, but that's, that's part of the fun is you need that little bit of break. You need some time to decompress, but the reason we're all here is for the events. It's for the sports. It's for the championships. It's for the student athlete experience. That's what it's all about. And the change of the calendar means we're right back into that. And that's, that's, like I said, that's what makes it all worthwhile are the games and helping the student athletes achieve the goals that they've set out to achieve. Yeah. I didn't even change conferences and that time just flew by. I thought I had all the time in the world. I was talking to Eric Danner over here. I was going to go to Alaska in this off season. I probably said that a hundred times and here we are. I did not go to Alaska. Yes. There's no time. Yes. <laughs> just wait. I might plan a trip right before uh, I still have time. <laughs> Week zero gets underway the 27th, I believe. And, uh, and that's exciting. I'll be going to that. And, and Tony is, I know we haven't really, uh, finalized our schedules and traveling and we're kind of looking at different conferences as we look to make a new hire eventually, you know, is there, is there one place that you're looking forward to in particular to going to, or a matchup that you're like, this, this is what I want to see while I'm here. Yeah, that's a tough question. It's, I, 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 I've, I need to go back through and see just how many states I've hit over the last 10 or so years. A lot of that time at Notre Dame, that whole seven years, I was the traveling contact with softball. So anybody who knows South Bend, Midwest area, you're not playing home games until middle of March. If you're lucky, sometimes end of March, sometimes first week of April. So that means the first two months you're everywhere. That's supposed to be warm. And I say supposed to be because that's not always the case. So I was able to see quite a bit of the country on those trips in the American, our championships were sort of scattered throughout the membership, which, which stretched, as I said, from here in Texas, all the way up to, to Cincinnati and Philadelphia. So still got a, a good amount of travel there, but you look at where the American, I'm sorry, where the WAC is, is headed for some of their championships up towards Seattle and even farther toward the border up in the, the Northwest and, you know, even out to, you know, as far as Nevada and some of the California schools and everywhere like that, it's a whole new ball game. Now that's so many more locations that are a part of the membership of this conference, yet it's still clustered in the Western half of the country, which I like, and it fits the name of, of the conference. So, so many of these conferences anymore were based on a certain number or on a certain geography. And you look at the membership and kind of think, well, that's interesting that that's still the name because that doesn't quite fit anything about the conference. What's great about this conference is it's still clustered in the Western half of this country. And I think that's the identity of the WAC. It's like-minded Western institutions competing in intercollegiate athletics and, and working toward a common goal. So to name just one at this point, I don't want to leave anybody out. I don't want to offend any of the locals. Yeah, that's right. You can't you know. offend someone so early on to working here. <laughs> that's, a, that's a bad start. So I, I'm not going to go there, but let's just say it, it is very, exciting to be here and to, like I said, sort of turn in a completely different direction on the map. And that will sort of be the focus. That's, that's really appealing to me. And I'm looking forward to that immensely. Yeah. It's going to be interesting when we get to that championship season, as you mentioned, the Seattle, you'll be hosting women's soccer, California Baptist host men's soccer and CBU now eligible for the NCAA championships for the first time this year. And, uh, uh, cross country will be at Stephen F Austin. And then, uh, volleyball down at uh, UTRGV yeah. in Edinburgh, uh, where we were about five years ago. I think my first or second year here, we were at UTRGV 
uh, hosting the championship. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Tony, uh, we wanted to get you on, get people familiar with uh, with you and some of the things you've done and some of the things we'll be doing. So thanks again for uh, taking some time out. I really appreciate it, guys. Looking forward to getting started with everybody. And as we said, before we know it, the school year's here. That's right. So that is Tony Jones. And we also had Chris Sissel on the show today. And we want to thank you for listening to the WAC Podcast. Thanks for listening to the WAC Podcast. Make sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. And check out our website at WACsports.com.